It was rumoured that his party was to be near a dozen. Lydia speculated that Mr Bingley was sure to bring all the most beautiful women in London with him. She spent days sulking, certain that none of them would ever be married to him, as he was sure to be in love with one of these imagined women that he spent time with in London. Kitty believed that his party would be full of the most fashionable women that she'd ever lay eyes on, and hoped that there would be plenty of handsome men in the party as well. The fashionably late arrival of Mr Bingley and his party meant that every eye in the ball was on them. True, this would have been the case regardless, but their arrival nearly stopped the entire ball. The music was momentarily interrupted when they stepped into the meeting hall, which put a pause on the dancing as well. He walked in with the grandeur and attitude that should be expected from a man earned five thousand a year. The party was but four and Mr Bingley, two ladies and two men. The women were soon known to be his sisters, Mrs Hurst and Miss Bingley, and one of the men, his brother-in-law, Mr Hurst. Upon the discovery that the two women were of relation to Mr Bingley, interest in them considerably lessened. Prior to this discovery, the opinions of the female guests of Mr Bingley were almost spiteful in nature. But as soon as the fear of competition was proved to be false, the opinions of his sisters changed drastically. In truth, the women appeared to be snobbish. They stood with their arms crossed and their noses upturned. It was slight. Without proper observation, I don't believe that any other would have noticed their attitudes. To me, it was clear they were none too happy to be at the public ball, or even in Meryton at all. Should Mr Bingley grow to love any woman in town, I suspect that at least one of his sisters would disapprove of the match. There was nothing remarkable about the brother-in-law. He appeared to be a gentleman, maybe not very discerning or intelligent, but kind enough. He was certainly oblivious to his wife's disregard of the people of Meryton. Mr Bingley himself was quite handsome, and good-natured as they come. Although initially suspicious of such a man, as I met him he convinced me he could never be the type to frequent any kind of dubious establishment or commit any such nefarious act as I imagined him capable. The same could not be said of his other male companion, who quickly became the subject of everyone's speculation. He was clearly a strange fellow, either much poorer than his compatriots, or so wealthy that his state of dress was not of concern to him. The man was handsome, but odd in more than a singular way. He created more gossip than anyone who ever came through Meryton before him. He was in a state of disarray, completely underdressed for the occasion. His appearance was dishevelled, though it did not distract from his handsome features. He was not a pleasant man, of that I was sure. Too wrapped up in his own head to care for a moment about social niceties and propriety. Still, I was intrigued by him. Never had I come across such a person. Although their entrance interrupted the merriment of the night, the interruption only lasted a few moments before all attending were once again dancing and engaging in gossip, no doubt about the new arrivals. The new arrivals to the ball began conversing with the only people that Mr Bingley knew well, the Lucases. It was when they were conversing with our dear friends that I first met Mr Holmes. Mr Bingley easily got himself acquainted with all the important people in the room. He was kind and unreserved in manner, and enjoyed every dance there was to be had, with seemingly boundless energy. I'd wager that nearly half the woman who spoke with Mr Bingley left the ball smitten with the amiable man, including the married and older women who had the pleasure of making conversation with him. He danced with Jane twice, which pleased Mamma more than she could express, though she tried. In stark contrast, Mr Holmes danced only twice. 
once with Mrs. Hurst, and then with Miss Bingley, though there were many women in want of a partner. In truth, he appeared uncomfortable to be there, as though he felt he was better than the company, since the only woman who he dined to dance with were within his party. It was my opinion that this was not the case, only that he did not possess the same amiable qualities as his friend, making it harder to easily converse with so many that the man was not familiar with. However, I had no cordial feelings towards him, or pity for his predisposition to be unfriendly.